All right, welcome to Chihuahua Bat 2.0, Surviving in the Public Classroom. I know it's been a while, but the bats are back. I'm Swan, one of the Chihuahua Bats, and I am excited to say with me today in our studio is Mala. Say hey. Hey, how are, how's everybody doing? I'll <laughs> yeah. tell you, it's been a long year. Long year, it has. And uh, we are both retired educators, um, and we said to each other when we retired we were going to um, really work on our passions and Mala's passion is art so tell them about well, how famous you are as as this very very minute yes. I'm, I'm sitting here on the porch in Wisconsin and I'm painting a scene and uh, just loving every minute uh, I do miss the classroom yes I really do yeah I know you but do. Uh, this is what I do now and so I'm just painting my heart away, and these uh, paintings will go hang in the gallery in Wimberley, Texas, yes. and uh, hope y'all will come visit me. She has a wall. That's how famous she is. She's got a <laughs> wall. <laughs> but anyway, no, she's quite good. So Art on 12, you'll love Wimberley, even if you don't go to the gallery. We, we can't say enough good things about that. And so my passion, or what I wanted to do when I retired, and I, I must interject, we are both sitting here with dachshunds on our lap. So, you know, if the right bird flies by, they <laughs> will bark, so we're just going to ignore them. Anyway, they're part of the podcast. But uh, what I wanted to do was really advocate for the teachers still in the classroom. Uh, and, and while it was fresh on my mind, I've only been retired, and I'm on year three, um, and sort of be their voice, because when you work for a district, you know, you must be diplomatic and it's, it's unethical to go out and, you know, bash your district. So Ma and I said, well, you know, we can maybe be the voice of some things we would like to see changed. And hopefully if enough voices are out there and enough ears that maybe some, you know, some small steps will be put in place to help ease the stress of the teacher in the classroom. So. My other passion is writing, and I uh, wrote a book called Memoir of a Chihuahua Bat. Now, this book, again, trying to advocate for the teacher, takes a five-year period of my teaching career where I, I literally was in, I know it's not a real nice word, hell. My The physical space that I was given to teach in was... I don't even know how to describe it, and, and, and Mala was there. She was my department chair, and that's the only reason I got through that, that and the breakfast club, they just, you know, kept me sane. Um, but really, I don't even, it was, it warehouse. was. Warehouse. I would say a warehouse, it, honestly, Susan. It was I a would. warehouse and that was it. And I had a desk and student desk and, you know, maybe about semester I got a board. And so it was just very, very um, primitive, primitive and challenging. And so, you know, the first few weeks they say, yeah, we're going to get your supplies. You believe them. And the expectation is not those first few weeks of school. It's not about do I have, you know, all the bells and whistles. It's just getting schedules settled and, you know, things, kids in the right place. But, you know, then about November, you're going, I'm pretty sure you promised me a board. I'm pretty yeah, sure I'm supposed yeah. to have just some shelves. I mean, you know, the little things you take for granted. But and anyway, so um, that and, and that wasn't that was just the. The room. I was also in this space with a theater class, and then there was a clinic that I shared a wall with, and this poor clinic didn't have a, a ceiling or a roof. So, needless to say, 
all kinds of noise challenges uh, were in place. So I always tell people, and basically, you know, the theme of the book is, uh, bottom line is success is always going to be up to you. And no matter what career you're in, everybody will go through a period where they find themselves literally standing in hell or just unbelievable um, chaos. And at that point, you have a choice. You can step up and, and, and solve your problem. Or you can, you know, go to the break room or we like to say in education, the lounge and complain. And and that does happen all over the world. But, you know, sitting there and complaining is not going to make the problem go away. So I chose to step up. I did have the support of of a wonderful department chair and some great, crazy breakfast club friends. and, And I'm glad I did. So. If you think you're going through hard times, I suggest you read my book because you're going to feel real good about what you're going through. So, Memoir of a Chihuahua Bat, you can find it on Amazon or on my webpage, chihuahuabat.com. So, as Mala mentioned, we we are in Wisconsin uh, in the summers. I'm very blessed that I get to drive her up here and uh, and then I stay for a week or so and... um, you know, the cabin sits on a river, and we're looking right now across at just woods, and Beautiful. it's gorgeous, and yeah. we have our bird feeders up, and we're very nerdy bird watchers, and uh, we're very challenged because the squirrels like to knock down the bird feeder, and we get very frustrated at that, and uh, we like this. People will kayak in front of us, and it's just so relaxing, but this year, we did a little side trip before we headed to Wisconsin, we sort of veered over to the east, mm-hmm. and we went to see the life-size ark in Kentucky. Now, I'm going to be honest, before we got there and on the way, we were really, I was really like, man, this is probably going to be a tourist trap, you know, because the reviews were so hot and cold on it. We really were not sure what we were getting into, but we were still curious. But I have to say... When I came away from that, I I was humbled, to say the least, to see all the history and the information and the work that Noah and his family did to complete this project. I, I, I don't know how it happened. I truly don't. No, and for one thing, how enormous... The ark was. Oh my gosh! Yeah, huge. I didn't realize it was three levels. I, I thought it was know. just a big open boat. But and they ooh. even portrayed uh, all the supplies they needed, the jars. Oh yeah. You know, of liquid. They the yeah. cages for the animals. Yes. The, everything. It was like it really it, was happening right now. Yes, it was very interactive. And so when mm-hmm. you walked into that art, well, I can't even describe how huge it is. It's like no. what, six football fields. I mean, it's just it's incredible. Huge. Oh, there's our woodpecker. Yeah. Told you we like birds. So um, anyway, and for us just to walk through this arc, it took us three hours. Yep. So if that doesn't tell you, you know, how immense. it is, and that eight people maintained it, eight people, right? Uh, we just walked away. I, I just walked away really kind of wanting to know more about this journey because it, it was just incredible to me and, and how they survived. Right. Now, the information was there. Yes. 
But we only had half a day. Yes. And we didn't have time to see the videos. Oh, no. The shows. And the Ark itself is a museum. It is. And inside, lots and lots of information. But you have to have time to read it. Right. So we cheated and took photographs of all the signs so we could read it later. We just sort of saw as much as we could. Wow, yeah. And it was so cool. I mean, everything was life-size. And one note that we both were just so surprised, you know, because it talked about, you know, knowing the the animals, you know, went two by two. Um, For me, I did not realize how specific the orders were for Noah as to what animals to take. Yes. And and we did not realize. Like dinosaurs. Dinosaurs were on the ark. I was like, elephants, bears. (laughs) Yeah. No, no, it was the beginning of that species. species. Yes. So that was very interesting for us in Mm -hmm. a real kind of an aha moment. So anyway, just FYI, it it is worth a trip if you, if you're so inclined and, uh, it will honestly, it will humble you, and the word, you know, survival will pop into your brain as it did for us, because I don't know how they, you know, this is all pre-elect eight people. Eight, eight people. people, pre-electricity, all before all that, and uh, and just the brilliant systems they had in place. So so anyway, so that brought the word survival back, and um, I was just saying to Mala a minute ago that when I put a title, you know, to my podcast, Surviving in the public classroom, little did I know that that word surviving would really ultimately describe this past year of education in the public classroom, you know, who knew? And um, as we've kind of followed, you know, friends and colleagues in the classroom and and retired and friends of friends, um, I have been just amazed at all the different models that districts have put out and just up from campus to campus, from, you know, district to district, just how everybody sort of did a different thing. And I know you have to do what's right for your district, but I would just be blown away that, you know, this district mm-hmm. here would, you know, designate people for remote instruction and for face-to-face. But you know, this district over here said, no, all our teachers have to do both. And then it was things in the middle, um, I know, you know, up in in Wisconsin, many of the, the districts did remote all year. And so that was a challenge. Uh, I, I know parents were pulling their hair out just because, mm-hmm. you know, they just wanted different walls to, <laughs> to look at. So anyway, and then I think that um, as I went back and sort of, you know, surveyed my people, they honestly, and as we all did, we thought, you know, maybe by semester we would have worked through this. I mean, we, you know, mm-hmm. what pandemic? We'd never been through a pandemic. We didn't realize how much time it would take. I, I really did. I thought, no, oh, me too. I thought it'd be over. Yeah, by January we would yeah. be back to normal. Um, I thought that maybe districts would allow some people to stay home because if, if you were truly afraid to be compromised, I got that. Um, but, you know, and then when the state, at least in Texas, put state testing back on the... See, this bothers me, and I'll tell okay. you why. How do you standardize when the education system is not standard anymore? Right. You know, this is, I mean, yes. it's so unfair. It was, and, and it, it was tremendous anxiety for the teachers, and I know that um, 
as their scores were coming in, because, you know, they would kind of do benchmarks just uh-huh. to see where their kids were, and the, the scores were dismal. And then many districts said, okay, if, if your child is failing, they have to go back to face-to-face instruction. But then again, there, there were families that said no and refused. And, you know, the common thing I heard about everybody, no matter what state, no matter what grade was, you could not control that home environment. No, you know that, what I mean? that's what I'm saying. You couldn't. No, you could not. And the, the yeah. thing about it is, okay, maybe I'm wrong. All right, let me throw this out and y'all, let's talk about it. Okay, say you do a benchmark, mm-hmm. but let's make it a benchmark, period. Right. right. And then it tells the teacher where we go. But here's the, here's the second thing. Let the teacher teach. If you know that child is a year behind, then that's where your curriculum goes. That's where you and start. You, and you may end up with a one-room one classroom True. where some have had a wonderful experience with their mom's really or dads they're really helping them and the others it might be hey honey you know i've got to work i've got to work uh remember turn your turn your zoom on see if you can do that okay uh don't copy from someone else blah blah (laughs) which you know has really been a problem and uh i mean and then then there might be this brilliant, wonderful, self-motivated child, which none of my children were. But that wouldn't I'm have been my kiddos. Okay. Well, my oldest, maybe. But that's yeah, maybe my it. oldest, yeah. too. But here's the thing. Okay, you get all those kids next year, which you will. Mm-hmm. Okay, now it's got to be teach them where they are. Yeah. It's back to, like, like elementary school, the best teachers of all. And I've been a high school teacher. I always go to the elementary teachers because they group them and they teach where they are. And that's what we're going to have to do. That's true. We and just can't sit and lecture. Uh-uh. No, no. And I and I think one of the frustrations is that the public teachers don't think they have that freedom because you've got that's true, Susan. the that's star. True. You've got the test going. Here's where you need to be. Here's the standard. You know, yeah. here's here's the concept. So. You and I both agree that, you know, the best teacher in the world looks at their kids, kind of surveys where they are, and where they are is where you start and you go forward. That's right. You get them and you go forward. Mm -hmm. Um, And the state's going to have you all end up by this, you know, this level, this standard, this percentage. That's always going to be there. But you and I both know that it doesn't really measure. No. It's no, not, it's not a true and, and to me, it's almost robotic. It's yeah. almost robotic. Yeah. Okay, yeah. we all made our 92%. Because some may learn yeah. so much slower. Right. And they don't have that backup in a right. way. In the way we yes. did that right when we taught on the Air Force Base. Oh, yeah. Because we did not know when the kids were coming or where no. they came from. We had no what idea. What book they were in or whatever or what right. their state was or country was. That they came from, mm-hmm. so we automatically yeah. did the grouping, and we actually we did. Um, oh gosh, where uh, I can't think of the name of it. Isn't that terrible. No, it's not. Where, where we, <laughs> where, where where they had individual uh, the rubrics. No, not yeah, the rubrics. Right. But but we had individual not profiles, but what's it called? Um, You're. You're talking about uh, our portfolios. Yes, that's it. Where every student had their own portfolio, their own kind of learning scenarios and goals were set, right? That's right. Right. And 
and uh, it's a very nice tool. It takes yes. a little work, yeah, but it's a nice tool to get started, especially yes. when you're trying to find where everybody is. Right. And yes. students can be very proud to show off to their parents and to whomever yep. right. uh, that they are learning. Yes. And it may not be the top A-plus learning whatever scenario, yeah. uh, but it shows a continual process of learning. Yeah, it shows their growth, and that, their growth, that's what exactly. you want. Yeah, yeah, and I know some teachers aren't real proponents of it because it does take work. Well, it can. I mean, you you can get real way out with those, but we had it down to a science where the child understood where their strengths were, where their weaknesses were, and what their goals were. And and the best part was the parents understood it yeah. as well. So we really, we liked that. Um, I know that uh, in talking with some teachers that have, you know, of course, now state testing, at least in, in Texas, the first day, and, and they, they did the testing online, which was, you know, a challenge, and I think the first day the, the entire system went down, and that was frustrating yeah. because you're trying to set up a testing environment, and it's very controlled because you want all the data to be accurate, and so I know people were like, okay, you've had a whole year to get to get this online testing going. I mean, they've always had online testing for smaller groups, and certain students were always um, selected for online testing, depending on their learning style. But, you know, to have the whole state of Texas and all the districts online, that was that was a challenge. But anyway, they did get the system up and running. And, um, you know, the results came back. I know uh, one district, the Algebra 1 scores were just dismal. And so, you know, now they're having to come up with a plan to remediate. And, of course, the kids can test in the summer. Um, and hopefully many will pass. But, um you know, the bottom line was that during remote learning, you had all these bells and whistles. You know, you could Zoom, you could Google Classroom, you had all these cool tools to do online. You could do breakouts and things like that. And and I like technology. I, I like to use apps, you know, um, and it's not going away, but it will never replace the teacher and the student interacting in the classroom mm -hmm. that is the most important piece to learning because part of it is just how you motivate the child That's you right. know and That's and right. many kids they count on that yeah because they come from a home where they don't get, they don't get that attention no. no they don't and 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 like me you know as my kids got older I don't know that I could help them like I could when they no. were little no I couldn't and so you saw the parents screaming and yelling I I, I can't do this chemistry my kids asking me so um I know that uh that that was one you know sort of lesson they learned that it you just really cannot replace the teacher Mm -hmm. interacting with the kid in the classroom. And, and, and another takeaway was, and we've always said this, you know, if, if you're a textbook person, whether it's online or not, and that's what you're doing every single day, at some point the child becomes numb, yeah. just sort of mesmerized. Yeah. If you're Zooming and you're Zooming every single day, it's the same thing. After a while, the child's like, oh, God, you know, here we got to do this again. Um they need groups. They need groups. They, they need do. groups. You need, yeah, variety. You yeah. do need interaction. And, you know, initially I understood that we had to stay apart until we got, you know, 
control of this uh, virus. But, um, you know, now, to me, there, there's no excuse. I mean, no. Zoom has a place. Um, I think remote learning, there's, there's still a, a place for it. But I know now that almost all districts have abandoned. They've said starting the new year, there will not be any remote instruction. We want the kids in the classroom. Mm-hmm. And you, and you got to realize there were some states, you know, like California, where they did all year long remote and and it was tough and at one point they were like and you can't fail the kids because they're at home doing the best they can and the teachers were just frustrated what do i do the child's not doing turning in anything and come here baby we got to get the baby up here um and but yet i can't fail the child so so how do you assess that knowledge so um i think you know just the day-to-day same thing and remote and i think the you know you just can't replace the teacher in the classroom. I know at one point in my career, I worked at Tampa General Hospital. And Tampa General Hospital had was the state of the art, had all the cool machines, all the technology to diagnose and treat. And they were doing, uh, they had five different transplant programs going on. I mean, you could do lung, you could do kidney, they were doing hearts, they were doing pancreas, sometimes they were doing, you know, lungs and kidneys, double transplant. So they were state of the art. And I was working with um, the residents because there was a program for them to come in and like record all their info. And so at some point, the hospital was very stressed because their census, their numbers were down. And so the question was, well, my God, we have the best equipment, the best you know, things to diagnose people, but people aren't coming and why? And here it was. When you go to a hospital and you're sick, you're, you're scared enough, right? Yes, you are. You go. And when you go into this sort of sterile environment and nobody really interacts with you, they just call you back and they hook you up to this machine. Yeah. It's not a fun feeling. No, it isn't. No, no. And so they spent a whole year training everyone in this hospital how to be welcoming and how to connect. It was the human connection that's right that was missing. And um, and so that's what I think, although we had all cool bells and whistles for remote learning, what was missing was the human connection. Yeah. And I, I call that I think I blogged about you know, sort of the wow factor. Um, you know, yeah, you need technology. We're, you know, we definitely need it, but if that's all you have you're missing a big piece of learning and learning of all kinds. Right. So, I mean, what about the social aspects? Oh, absolutely. You know, I mean, that's that's yes. part of school. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, disappointed with a friend, being disappointed oh, with sure. your teacher, whatever. Oh, sure. That's Working part out, of it. Some, you know, a problem with someone. Yes. yes. I mean, that's that's right. life skills. Those it are is. life skills. And I know that the students that were just really socially motivated, they were just dying at home. Because yeah. I know I have a granddaughter that was one of those. And I mean, bless her heart, she finally got to go back in face-to-face at semester. And thank God she did because... She's very smart. She learns very quickly. And, you know, her teacher was doing a great job because she was at my house and I, I watched her do some of her stuff. But I just the way she learned so quickly, again, even though you were zooming, uh, you're still waiting on kids, mm-hmm. you know, and you can't even see your classmates. Well, and a teacher would say to this little granddaughter of yours. Yes. Hey, sweetie, you've got it. 
Yep. Now, I'm going to pair you with someone that's struggling. Right, right. And why don't you guys work together for a little while, and then I'll come by and check. Exactly. And that's what she did. She used her to go, and math was her thing, and so she would tutor. She'd finish quickly, and then she'd go and tutor all the other kids. Mm-hmm. And she loved that, you know. Uh, not all kids do, but but she loved it because it beat just sitting there, you know, twiddling your thumbs. That's right. On the that's right. Activity. So anyway, um, so back to surviving. Um, I All the teachers now, they're home. Thank God. I hope you're running and, and playing like champions and um, and resting because you've, you've had a whole year of it, really a year and a half of it because it mm-hmm. started in the previous year, about March. And um, I know it was challenging and I know it was hard. But I also know, and it wasn't perfect, you know, in education, there's never going to be a perfect. Um, but I also think you probably came away, came away um, a better teacher in a way. That's right. Well, you learned a brand new uh, genre. You did, whether you wanted to or not. That's right. And so you can apply it. Yes. To your teaching style. To your style. Yeah. Yes. And you can say to yourself, hopefully, yeah. kind of like me is the tool of that. You can say, you know what? I went through that. I think I can do anything. Yeah. Yeah. And and just know we will probably have another challenge because, you know, every year something comes up. That's Hopefully true. not a pandemic. No. But, yeah, let this be sort of the groundwork of the lesson for uh, challenges are going to come our way. Um, and you always have a choice. You can complain. Yeah. Or, or you can step up and become part of the solution. And as we like to say, honestly, um, success is always going to be up to you. That's right. Right? That's right. All right. Anything else? Uh, I just wish everyone luck. And uh, I know you're going to do well. You're going to use these experiences to grow. Right. Um, I think it is going to be a challenge. Getting kids caught up. Yeah, that's okay. True. But you know what? That's what we are. We're that's, teachers. That's, it. that's what we do. We're just teachers. So we're just going to teach them where they are, love on them, and uh, we're going to be Chihuahua Bats. We are. And we're going to challenge you to be, be a, a Chihuahua, Chihuahua Bat. bat.